This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, 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 and welcome to Purple Pants Podcast, episode 115. Listen, and I'm so happy you guys tuned in for this week's episode. Listen, I got a lot to get off my chest. So before I do that, if you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. We are there. Hit the subscribe button, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars. Ooh, Purple Pants Posse, listen, I have a lot to get off my chest and my monologue this week. So listen, I got to tell y'all. So I, listen, you hear the term going postal. Listen, I almost went postal on the post office. So y'all know my Zaddy calendars, the Bryce Isaiah 2022 Zaddy calendars are out and available. And um, yes, they're going like hotcakes. So if you haven't got it already, make sure you click the link in my Twitter bio my instagram bio okay and get it now because they go in like hotcakes and so i don't have any physical children but the zaddy calendars are literally like my pride and joy i spend so much time curating and making sure that they are so special i you know wrap each one of them i ship them all out and this year was no different i was prepared i had my supplies ready and i'm like you know ready to fill them out and each order that came in, I fulfilled them uh, very quickly, got them out. And, you know, I'm all like, yes, baby boy, we did it. So, you know, like a couple of weeks go by and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I'm not really seeing a lot of people um, tweet me like I got the package, baby boy. But I'm thinking like, you know what? Each year is different, you know. And so I um I have a space that I rent out to, you know, do all my warehousing at AK. A uh, is Mr. Jim House. Um, he has like a space that I use. And so for me, it makes it a lot easier for me to separate like, you know, uh, where I do the, the calendar things that, you know, just, you know, trying to be more professional. 
And so uh, a week and a half ago, uh, Mr. Jim had texted me. Now, mind you, I thought he was about to be like, I still want my money for the CDs. You know, the 10 CDs for 99 cents when I was 13 and I ain't never paying back. And so he texted me and was like, I have a package here for you. Um, come get it. And, you know, throughout the year, sometimes when people order the Zaddy calendars, they sometimes put the wrong address and it gets sent back. I send an email. We get the right address. And, um, you know, done, done deal. So he texted that to me like on a Monday and I was like, okay, um, I'll stop by sometime and get it. Um, so I went for a run on Sunday and I, this was like, not this Sunday that passed, like the last Sunday that passed. So I was like, okay, I texted him. I was like, Hey, Mr. Jim, first of all, it cracked me up that, uh, Mr. Jim text, uh, because he, he, he old school. So he don't really text. So anytime that I be texting with him, I always find it hilarious. So I text him. I said, Hey, Mr. Jim, um, are you home? I'll stop by. Mr. Jim was like, sure. So I also feel so bad for Mr. Jim because I was like so rude, not rude to him, but so Bryce, just shut up and tell the story. So I get to Mr. Jim's house and I see a bin, like a full bin. And it is filled to capacity with my calendars. And I immediately I'm like, what? And so Mr. Jim's like, yeah, they dropped it off the other day. And I called you. And so I'm like scrolling through the kit. Like, what? Why are all of these calendars here? I sent these out a month ago. Um, and they like had and they put like the label on top of like the postage to where the address is. And like they're they literally handwrite postage due. I'm like, postage due. So I didn't even really get to like Kiki with Mr. Jim. I didn't took the package back to my house and I'm like so confused. Um, and so I'm like, you know what? Let me go to the post office. So I it's Sunday. I can't go. So the next day is Monday. I get up early. OK, because I'm still got to work. I go to the post office and, you know, I see pe- like people outside and I'm like, why aren't people inside? So I roll down my window because, listen, I wasn't trying to get out to my car. Um, and I'm like, is the post office open? And some lady was like, it's Columbus Day. I was like, Ugh. so I had to wait to the next day. So I finally go to the post office and um, I wait in line. I get this young lady who was not professional. Um, and I'm like, hi, how are you? My name's Bryce. Um, I mailed these calendars out and they're all getting returned. And so the lady, lady was like, because it, it, no postage is on it. I'm like, no, sweetie, ma'am. I like, you know, I'm, and I'm at this point, first of all, I'm like, sis, what's the attitude for? I ain't do nothing to you. So she's like, the postage is due. I'm like, Okay, ma'am, I I re I've I've read that you know you put the sticker covering up <laughs> you know the label. So how am I supposed to know who is this for? Um, and I'm asking her again, and she was like, "It's not the right postage." I'm like, "Excuse me, mess now." At this point, spicy Bricey is out. I'm like, "Excuse me, ma'am, I'm not sure who you're talking to, but I'm I'm here for clarification." But I said, you know what, ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. And listen, I just had to take myself and I had to Google another post office because I was like, you know what, her spirit ain't right, and Spicy Bricey about to turn it out. So I drive another ten minutes to another post office. Okay. And I get this nice lady named Tiffany. So nice. First of all, it's a long behind line. What what's your life? What y'all be doing in the post office? Okay, like it was such a long line. And mind you, I'm like, I got to get back to work. Like, you know, I logged in, but like, I thought it was going to be like a five minute thing. 
So I wait. I'm listening to Tiffany talk to everyone that's in front of me. She's so nice. And I get to Tiffany and I'm like, how are you doing, Tiffany? I just came from another post office. Okay. They almost had me going postal. And she was like, oh, don't say that in here. Um, and I was like, I sell these calendars and I ship them out and I'm just so confused. Um, and she's like, oh, and she immediately looks at it and is able to uh, kind of like tell me what the issue is now. Now, let me tell y'all. So like the last two years that I've like sold the calendars, um, you know, people have always said like, oh, my God, the post is just so high. And so I've like always been trying to figure out, like, why is the post so high? So this year I bought an actual scale and weighed my packages like out. So like literally I'm not like estimating. I'm literally putting it down to the ounces. And so uh, because they it's weighed to the ounces uh, when it calculates the shipping it like it, it calculates it for first class mail and so first class mail was technically like a stamp and so I'm like okay and I was explaining to her like well it calculates it to the exact thing and you know I'm not sure why it's why they're being returned so the, the lady Tiffany was like baby it's because you're wrapping your 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 packaging I'm like no but I wait the packaging too and she's like no you are like the packaging has bubble package I'm like yeah that's to protect the calendars I'm like to protect the zaddies girl Tiffany you gotta protect the zaddies and she's like you know with the postal service since it is has bubble wrapping they automatically consider it priority mail and priority mail starts at four dollars and so I'm like, oh, my God, like, what am I supposed to do at this point? So she was like, all you have to do is just get regular uh, like packaging, like a manila envelope and put it in there and you'll be fine. So, baby, I get back home. I'm like, thank you. Tip. First of all, that's all the lady had to do at the first post office. Nah, I'm not, well, listen, OK, because she didn't brought spicy Bricey out on a Tuesday. And normally he don't come out to at least a Friday or Thursday. So I immediately went to Staples. I got Manila envelopes. And at this point, I'm back at work. I um, mean, I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot focus. Uh, I had to take I had to take a half day because I'm like, these calendars mean so much to me. And these people have ordered these calendars and they are expecting them. I cannot like wait another day. So I little purple pants posse. I literally took the day off to fulfill to reprint. And mind you, the post office, and first of all, I feel like the lady at the first post office, I feel like, and that's my main post office, I feel like she's the one that got the packages and put the stickers on it, okay, because that's why she's being so nasty. So, I had to, like, figure out in my computer which package was which, um, and then after a while, I, it was an easy method because, listen, uh, the labeling, it had a number at the bottom, and then if I type it into my system, um, it populates the thing. So, I literally reprinted and it was literally about 40, 50 calendars, repackaged them and sent them out. And I'm just telling y'all this story because literally I appreciate everyone that supports me and I try to do my best to get it out in a reasonable time. And so I had to none, you know, beyond my control, uh, they got sent back and I had n no idea. And so um, I got them all sent out and uh, that was Tuesday. And by like Thursday and Friday, I started seeing the tweets. I started seeing the messages. People started DMing me and I am just so happy 
happy and so grateful. And I just wanted to say thank you, Purple Pants Posse, and to anyone that ordered a calendar that waited that period of time in limbo and nobody complained. I didn't get an email. Um, and so I just wanted to say thank y'all for that. I so appreciate that. Um, and listen, these are like my children. Um, so I listen, I just listen, I had to vent that story because listen, that first lady at the post office, she was about to catch it. So that was the delay. Um, and I really didn't want to talk about it until I figured it out. And so I figured it out. And so I just want to say thank you so much. And listen, the Zaddy calendar is still available. Okay. We got the packaging together. So listen, they're going like hotcakes. My last thing I wanted to rant about before we start this episode is Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. Season two came out about a month ago, and I think I had talked about it last year and how I just loved the show. It is a show that is a dating show, essentially, on Netflix, and it deals with people on the autism spectrum and what they go through dating. And I, it is such a wholesome show. I love it so much. And so season two is back. And I finally, I was like slow walking it because, you know, the shows that I enjoy watching, I don't oftentimes, like I just binge watch them and then I'm just done with them. So I try to like slow walk them. And me and my friend Sarah are watching and um, she got done way before me and she was just like, hurry up and watch it. Now, what I love about the show is, again, it deals with people on the spectrum of autism and like how they have to like what it's like dating for them. And I thought season one was amazing. My only criticism of it was I wish they had like more LGBTQ representation. And Bebe, season two doesn't disappoint. We've got some LGBTQ representation and I think it's amazing. Um, We've got Michael. He was on season one. He is hilarious. Uh, He is like very straightforward. He likes to dress up. And so we get to see Michael dating again. Uh, Then we have a new person that we meet. Uh, His name name is Jaden. Um, he likes men and women and we get to see him dating. And then we meet this new couple or this new guy named Ronan. Um, and he goes on a date with this young lady, Katie, and they start dating. And I just, I really love it because, um, a lot of the times we think that we're just so different from everyone else, whether it is that you're on the spectrum, whether you're gay, straight, somewhere in the middle, black, white. Uh, but what the thing that I love about this show is that like we all deal with the same things dating. And for me, the show um, and you watch these characters and they really just want love. They really want to like feel special. And this guy Ronan, um, you know, he's got an older brother who's dating and, you know, Ronan, you know, wants to feel love. And, you know, he goes on dates with Katie and, um, you know, after like the first two dates, you know, he likes her, but he doesn't know whether or not if she likes him. And so I say some of the moments I was talking to my sister about it because my sister watches it, too. And I, I was telling her like some moments on the show, um, I use the term like cringeworthy. And my sister's like, well, what do you mean by that? And so then I was like, I, I shouldn't use that adjective to describe what I mean. But like some of the moments are like, I literally am like grabbing my pillow because I am like so nervous. And I'm like, I don't know if they should be filming this. Like when they are just nervous to uh, find out what the other person thinks. And then like, you know, sometimes they, they don't even like each other. And so they go on these dates and then they text and they're like, 
they don't want to continue texting uh but it, it it is such a heartwarming show and season one definitely had your baby boy crying um at the end of season one a couple uh named shannon uh or shanny and jimmy or shanice they got engaged and baby i was crying and i don't want to give too much away uh but i will say this spoiler alert uh shanine and jimmy got married this season and baby when i tell y'all them tears was coming down my eyes like i wasn't even expecting it and um it's just like no matter what your disability is like love is love and like shanine and jimmy are so perfect and it like you know really has me thinking like when i'm gonna find my jimmy when i'm gonna find my shanine so if you guys have not checked out love on the spectrum do yourself the favor and watch it it is amazing now listen let's get into this episode let me give you the rundown i know we 15 minutes in but listen i had to get that off my chest okay i'm still hot from the post office and i'm still wanting some love like jimmy and shanine uh on this week's episode we got the church announcements baby boy window is back and we are breaking down episode four i got my good good sis Jatia Hart Taylor and we are breaking down the Real Housewives of Potomac we got Freak of the Week so listen let's get into these church announcements To the approval of the Georgia Alumni Survivor Society, we bring to you an event that you won't want to miss, featuring myself, the monster. Next Wednesday, October 27th, join Survivor alumnus Davy, Ron, T-Bird, Sharia, and Rick Devins for the third annual. Halloween Watch Party. Come in your scariest costumes. We'll have games, special guests, and more for an experience like no other. We'll see you there or else expect a visit from the monster. will be held at the infamous Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. You must be 21 to enter. Visit any Georgia alumni social media for the link to RSVP. See you there! Hey, Purple Pants Posse, Audrey Sizemore and cast member of Season 4 of The Penthouse Game here to tell you about the premiere of Season 4 of The Penthouse coming out this Thursday, October 21st on YouTube. The Penthouse is a social strategy competition bringing in 18 people from across the country to battle it out to become the ultimate VIP. Each round, the top VIP has to rank players all the way down to the basement. If put in the basement, you must pick a player who will either save you or pick power and send your ass packing. The rest of the bottom four will then be subject to a vote. Season four has a lot of shocking moments, strategy, and a ton of tears. Again, the premiere is Thursday, October 21st at the Penthouse Game on YouTube. 
For any and all updates, follow Penthouse Game on Twitter. Y'all are in for a wild ride. And for the last church announcement this week, you guys asked for it and listen, the Bryce and Wynn presents the district. We back. October 27th, we are going to be in Washington, D.C. for another amazing watch party. So listen, you don't want to miss it. Click the link in my bio or Windows bio to get your tickets. And listen, we're going to see you in D.C. Okay, Bryson Wynn presents The District. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's a man who is a menu. Be it potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a menu. Be it potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. And we are back this week, okay? Survivor has not been disappointing these ep- last couple of episodes, okay? And we have the one, the uh, for, for, hello. Oh, not not you doing the Shan elevator music, okay? What up, what up, what up, Bryce Isaiah? I'm like, excuse me, can I do my intro? Jeez Louise. Ooh. Listen, okay? You was giving me JD vibes today. Okay, listen. Okay, we are back. Wendell and Bryce. Okay, listen, episode four did not disappoint. What, what you got, baby boy? Bryce, you're right, man. This episode did not disappoint. Um, I was getting I was getting old school survival survivor feels from this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll get right into it. We start off on the Ua tribe, the green tribe, and they're coming home from last week's tribal. And Jeannie is not happy. She's pissed. She's like, you guys do your own food. I'll do my own food because they just got Brad out of the game. And that was her boy. And they didn't warn her or anything, obviously, as they shouldn't. But she was not happy about that. No, then, not Go ahead. No, I'm about to say no. She was hot. (laughs) She was pissed. So then Shan decides to drop a little bomb on her. And Shan's like, look, Brad had to steal a vote. He told me he didn't tell you. So he wasn't all that tight with you anyway. Mm -hmm. Then JD gets mad that Shan didn't tell him that Brad told her about this steal a vote, which is weird because... Yeah, talk. Let's, let's he see. got a point. He got a point, though. I'm like, he, I, I feel like if Shan is like, I, I don't know, I feel like if information is power, when JD had that still a vote, that was just information, which is power. The fact that Brad relayed that to Shan and she's not sharing that with JD, who she's saying is in my alliance. I feel like, like Shan would say last week, that's a, that's a little messy. Okay. All right. Well, as Shan said, that's his stuff. That's not her stuff. So true. He's like collateral. So, but I mean, you could look at it either way and I can understand why JD would be upset. Anyway, nonetheless, JD asked for his steal a vote back that he just (laughs) lent her. We'll uh, we'll get back to that steal vote a little later, but he asks for that back. She gives it to him. What a nice person! And we're on to the reward challenge. Mm, 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 
So Jeff calls everybody out, explains to everyone that the winner gets a Fijian expert. Oh, at, at like stuff around camp. I thought I thought they were gonna have me come out, Bryce. <laughs> so you mean Tony? Nope. See, I looked at my bell. I was not gonna hit it. <laughs> we almost saw Tony die on a ladder at oh. Winners at War. But did he die? <laughs> did he die? Though? <laughs> no, he did not die. Anyway, so the winner gets some kind of Fijian expert back to their um, back to their camp. The second place gets one fish to split with everybody. Okay, listen. And if you don't know already, listen, you can keep the fish. Okay. Hey, if you, these these fools are hungry, bro. They haven't gotten any rice. Of course, I would eat the fish. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, y- you would eat the fish. Okay. Anyway, so onto the challenge. You have to like shoot a ball onto some kind of a apparatus, like a, an apparatus, like a track. And then once the ball is up there rolling down, you have to run through this rope maze and get to the other side and catch the ball before it falls. Um, then you have to dig something up. And how, how do they end that? What's what's at the end of that? Do they have to make a puzzle? Not a puzzle. So once everybody's on the other side, then do they win? I don't know. But according to my, no. <laughs> according to my notes, um, oh, yeah. Well, when they're shooting and running through, our boy, the, um, the athletic one, the former track star, J.D., he shoots it. He gets tripped up. I'm like, man, J.D., I want to root for you so bad. But the, there are some things that you do that make me think that you aren't this athlete that you spoke that you were. Listen, athletes make mistakes. You get nervous when you're in front of the camera sometimes. Sometimes people have performance issues. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, Tiffany, get, Tiffany did good. Tiffany did all right this challenge, though. Yeah, yeah. So, at the at the end of it, the, the Green Tribe, um, Ua lands their balls. Tiffany comes in second, and she, she lands hers as well. Um, but the whole time, we had Heather at the back trying to land that ball at at the very beginning part of the challenge, trying to get that ball up there and get through the rope mace the whole Mm -hmm. time she was there. And Deshaun made it through first for, for their tribe. Heather was second. She couldn't get through, but she didn't give up. She did not. Um, And I thought it was amazing to see Danny come through and uh, really kind of uh, embrace Heather and be like, it's all right, it's all right. We all got you. We all got you. And everybody's like clapping, like, yes. Like, you didn't give up. You didn't give up. But, okay. So Uh-oh. that's Bryce. Spicy Bryce has to say, but it's a reward challenge. <laughs> okay. So, what is, well, okay. okay I mean, so, no, I, I'm all here for Heather. Like, you know, she did not give up. But at the end of the day, it's a reward challenge. And uh, the Blue Tribe is the winning tribe, uh, has been thus far. So, I mean, yeah, of course, nobody's going to be mad at her because, like, we're not going home. It's just a reward. And it's a very early on reward. Now, that's spicy Bryce you're talking. That's all. The, that was the only thing that I just thought of was like, yeah, like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It'd be something if this was an immunity challenge mm-hmm. but it's a reward challenge child one piece of fish we good 
I will also say, and we got Nasir. Nasir, Nasir been doing everything around. Like you know, so like we're good, but mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. So yeah, the Blue Tribe they they usually win everything, and if they would have put their starters out, you know, if they would have put all the all the great challenge competitors out, they probably would have won this competition. But it was a reward competition, and I don't think you can sit people out twice in a row. So I think they were strategic with using Heather for this one. And again, she fell short. Jeff was, you know, encur- yelling for her, doing the Jeff encouragement thing. Um, she, it, it didn't happen for her. Her team and the other tribes cheered for her and clapped for her. And to see Danny and Deshaun like really comfort her. When I was thinking about how Danny was speaking to her and uh, he was basically saying like, you, you gave it your all, you gave a hundred percent of what you had. You didn't let us down. And that made me think about playing sports. Danny, he he was a professional football player. He played sports his whole life. So he's won a lot. He's lost a lot. And in going through all these ups and downs, you understand, like, you might take an L, but, you know, you keep your head high, you you fight, you give your 100%, and you'll play, you'll live to see another day. And I think that's what he saw, and that was what he was trying to convey when he was like, look, you gave it your all. You're, you're part of our team. You didn't let us down. We appreciate you. So when, uh, when he was giving that speech, I was just like, I was feeling it. Yeah, I was thinking of the 3Ds. What, what are the 3Ds? <laughs> Dedication. Oh. And it's two other D's. <laughs> uh, dedication. Determination? Determination. Driven. Driven. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're not necessarily my three D's, but I, that's what I was thinking about uh, when Danny and Deshaun were comforting her. I was like, I literally was hearing her, Deshaun's dad. What about the three D's? Like was popping into my head. Don't forget them three D's. Okay. All right, so we get to the um we get to the Yasa tribe, the yellow tribe. They're feeling good. They just they just won they just won their fish. So as soon as as soon as the show comes back from this commercial, you hear Evie saying, Previously on Survivor, Yasa suffers a devastating series of losses, but with the core remaining four, they're on a winning streak. Uh, first of all, y'all came in second. <laughs> but listen, but, <laughs> listen, we're going to let Evie be great because you, of all people, know it only takes that one win or it only takes that one time not to be feeling like you're the loser. Sometimes that's the momentum you need to going into the next challenge. Right, right. I like how they edited clips of them into her saying that. So this is a cool editing. They're doing a lot of cool stuff with editing this season. And so they had her saying that and they were kind of clipping to clips of them kind of losing and then and then them starting to win. So the editing of this season, I'm enjoying it. Um, then then we have our girl who is a fan favorite, Tiffany. Yes. She kind of goes in her confessional and jokingly says, we won because I'm kicking some ass. <laughs> and she said she's just joking. They're working as a team. But truth be told, she's she's playing hard. And she was a big reason why they won. Yes, Tiffany was. She also was a big reason why they lost. Ooh. But listen, we, we stand Queen Tiffany here because uh, either way, she is great entertainment. Um, so I, I really do love to see uh, Tiffany. And she has a very strong personality. So whether you agree with her or not, she's definitely going to be one that I feel like can uh, sway votes. Oh, that's for sure. 
I'm loving watching her. She brings something to the table. What I love about this cast, what I was thinking about, everybody has somebody to root for. It's like we really see with with me. I have a few people that I'm like, man, I really want them to win. There are a lot of people that really stand Tiffany. There are a lot of people that stand Ricard. Like there are a lot of people that stand Shan. Everyone, this this cast is so it's such a wide variety that everyone has really has somebody to cheer for. No, definitely. Um, and I love it because I have people that I cheer for. One episode, next episode, I got people that I'm ready to cuss out with love. And I and on this episode, I got some people that I need to cuss out with love. Oop. We'll get to that. Um you, you don't know who I want to cuss out? But I'm but I'm sure we will get to it. Okay. Hold on, wait. Let me see if I can work to that. No, let's not. Uh, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, okay. We're still okay. on the yeah on the Yasa tribe. They get to eat their fish. They uh then they spot some little little. What are they? Little turtles migrating to the water. Listen, y'all know I'm a turtle fan. You know, first of all, oh, this is what I wanted to ask you. Friend check. What's the name of my turtle window? Her name is Kimmy. Ah, uh, okay. Sick. All right. Uh, so one thing, and then I'll let you continue. Um, I love to see the turtles, but listen, y'all know when I watch Survivor, I'm not a fan of the, the chickens. I'm not, listen, because it pisses me off. Like these turtles got more screen time than I ever got in Kageyama. <laughs> They're probably better played in Survivor. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Can send you with the Rikis app. Okay. So. We get we get the shot of these turtles heading to the water. We see one turtle, he kind of falls in a hole, but he fights his way back. And they analogize that to their their tribe fighting their way back. And when I see this turtle, this this turtle scene, I think of our buddy Dr. Mike. Oh, heroes, healers, hustlers, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, he he had a scene in his season where he was caught in the background tripping <laughs> and everyone's like, what is this guy doing? It's weird. It's Dr. Mike. He's weird. But in actuality, he told me that they saw turtles um, heading to the water and that production told them that they can't touch them. They cannot let they can't touch them to help them or whatever. And they said they saw a lot of these turtles dying. Mm. And so what Dr. Mike was doing and tripping into the water, he actually picked them up and he was bringing them. And when he was, I guess, on on camera, he tripped and kind of like tossed them into the water so they could make it. Oh, yeah. yeah Come shout on, out. Dr. Mike. Yeah, shout out to Dr. Mike. He's a great guy. Yes. Yeah, so so that was that. Um, they they have that, that turtle scene. Then we flash over to Ua, the green team. The, uh, the, this is just a very interesting uh, tribe. And they won. So they won this Fijian man by the name of Nathan. And this guy gets to the island. He starts running up and down the coconut trees, pulling out coconuts, catching fish, frying up the fish, showing them how, like, what to dip it in and everything. This guy is is what every tribe needs in Survivor. He was killing it. He was killing it. Bryce, do you need a Nathan? Uh, <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. 
But yeah, so he he catches uh he catches lots of fish and then Ricard says, "Hmm. Jeannie's the one that was providing for us and whatnot, but she was just yelling at us 24 hours ago and we're we're now learning how to provide and catch things for ourselves. Ooh. We we might not need her." Ooh. Now, now, this is what I will say uh, to Jeannie's comment about like uh, being a provider at camp. When I went out to play Survivor, there was the, I guess the season in which Sari was on that they broke the people up in by ages. And uh, Sari felt like she was on the wrong tribe. And I remember one of the first things that she did that like to like, you know, just uh, feel like she fit in. Like, I remember she was like cleaning the fish like she was about to cook. And I remember I took that on to Kageyan with me I was like you know what I want to make sure that I am a very needed or important at camp like you know I built 80% of our shelter I was always doing water runs for people I you know we had I literally like I had I called it cousin Bryce's rice because I cooked the rice uh, all the time that I was there Uh, and I just cautioned people like Jeannie uh, because the lesson that I learned is uh child they kept a morgan and alexis and a jeffra over me who didn't do anything at camp so it's just like uh sometimes i think that that thinking might be um in and not i don't want to use the word inundated but i think that old school think that's an old school thinking of survivor and i think that uh you don't need to do all of that stuff to uh to actually to stay in the game clearly uh but that's just my two cents on that you're right about that because we know you did not stay oh. in the game long. Oh. <laughs> they got me out of there. Out of there. Two days in. Don't stop telling people that, okay? I was out there for 11 days. Uh, whoo. Okay, let's move on. We get to the Blue Levu tribe and you see Deshaun and Erica on a boat. She's talking to him and she's saying that those two are kind of the only ones really thinking. And then uh, we see Danny and Sydney on the boat too. She also says she's ready. Well, this is kind of before Danny and Sydney are on the boat. She says that she's ready to turn it up and start voting people out. She's a lion dressed as a lamb and she's kind of, she's kind of ready to, to go for Sydney. So now, first of all, I was loving to getting to see her. Um, I feel like she, I spoke about her last week. I felt like she was getting um, the her the purple edit and so I just like got confused because like you know there are so many people I feel like that can relate to her and the sense of like they're quiet like you know they like to observe things they like to to you know know what's going on so I just was a little bit shocked at uh, Deshaun's perception or reception to Erica now I also feel like because this is the edit that we are getting and we know that we are purposely not seeing everything, um, it's just like Sydney is really close. Like she must be closer to these boys than we see. And um, I don't know, but it really was bothering me. And I'll let you like describe everything else that happened. But it really I was really upset at Deshaun for like looking at Erica as more of a threat than to come in as an ally because I'm like I don't get what like you're literally almost pushing Erica out and you're for me I feel like because with this 
these episodes have been doing a lot is foreshadowing. And it's like, are, are, are y'all foreshadowing an Erica and Nasir alliance? Because I'm confused right now. Mm, that's that's a good that's a good question. Um, basically, Erica, Erica saw Sydney. She could Sydney couldn't make fire at that time. And Nasir was looking over her and it looked like Sydney was upset. Storms away. She tells Deshaun that Sydney is very reactive and impulsive and emotional. And Deshaun's kind of just hearing it, but, um, and acting like he's with her kind of sort of. And Erica's like, would, would you take a shot at Sid? Then Deshaun goes and uh, he tells Sid. So yeah, we're not seeing everything like you said. And what's strange is Sydney, he's, he's, he basically is like, Hey, you'd never guess who's, who's trying to get you. And Sydney starts guessing and she literally would never guess because, uh, Erica is like the last person that she guesses. Right. So yeah. So. And we haven't seen a lot of this tribe because they just win and there's nothing. It's like they win. So we have to see what's going on with the scrambling tribes. But very typical in Survivor that these strong tribes are never really the strong like they are physically strong, but they're never like structurally strong. Mm. If you know what I mean, I know what you mean. I was on Navidi and we were physically strong, but we had a lot of cracks to say the least. Right. So. And moving along a little bit, Sydney then talks about it. And I'm just going to say we haven't we haven't seen too, too much from her. But I I love her confessionals. She was in this confessional. She was laid back, kind of like dry. She said, I'm savvy as hell. I'm good looking. I'm a physical threat. And then she's like, what is it about me? I think they just hate me. They hate me because they ain't me. OK, listen. <laughs> I was like, okay, come on, Chris Noble. What's going on over here? (laughs) They probably get along nicely. Um, Yeah, she's just in that confessional. She was just like laid back, poised. It was it was it was dry, but it was funny and and on point. So I, I enjoyed hearing that. And so we got to see a little of Sid and some foreshadowing. Hey, Mace, we saw earlier cracks with uh, with our boy Nasir. We'll see. We'll see what happens now with the Erica, the Sydney thing. Um, but it's good to see Danny and Deshaun. It seems like they're it seems like they're in a good place. They're solid. Yes. Uh, but before they are even talks of going to the next challenge, you know, uh, the alliance that is Sydney, uh, Deshaun and Danny are really considering throwing the challenge. Yes. And for me, I'm just like, so y'all let Nasir talk about Mm -hmm. y'all. But when it comes to Erica, now y'all, 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 y'all are wagering to throw a challenge for her. I like listen, Deshaun and Danny. What y'all doing? Like, but again, is there something that I just am not seeing? Because yes. I'm like, I, I just feel like how it, it is because she's quiet and she's kept to herself, and now that she is feels comfortable enough to talk to you, you are perceiving that as a chant like a threat. I would think that you know the the type of player Deshaun is is that like, why don't you play both sides? That would be good, Deshaun. Though he's he's a very smart person. He's like. Like we know, he's a med student, and I think he's. I think Erica sh- started showing him how smart she was, and I don't know. You know, 
But when you were somebody, so I, I don't know. I feel like Deshaun and Sid and Dan have a strong enough alliance at this point. So it's like anybody else to them is like outsiders, I guess. But uh, I, I would want a, another smart person to be in it with me as well. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see both sides. I see both sides. So, yeah, we have some foreshadowing that they might throw a challenge and then we go to commercial. And I don't know if you watched the commercial, Bryce, but I saw a familiar face. We had a Boston Rob cameo. He was a he was giving a tough as nails commercial. Oh, did you see that? I didn't. I was wetting my whistle. Oh, my goodness. You're drunk. Well, anyway, it was cool to see Boston Rob's face up there. It looked like he was taking a, a selfie camera and just, you know, giving a shout out, making sure people watch Tough as Nails, which is a good show. But anyway, we get to the next uh, through the commercial and um, we get to the challenge. Oh, it starts in the water where you got to dive in and you got to grab a bunch of pieces off of different platforms. And we clearly see Danny and Deshaun trying to kind of throw the challenge. <laughs> and it's hilarious because, and this is another cool thing with the editing. They start giving you confessionals during the challenge. So we're, we're cutting to confessionals, them talking about the challenge while it's actually happening. Um, Deshaun says he's moving at a snail's pace. He has the puzzles, but he's like literally just taking his time through the water. And this tribe is still in first place. They're still beating these other tribes. First of all, you can't throw a challenge with Nasir on your team. Okay. <laughs> he will pick it up. Whatever you try to throw, he's picking up. Okay. Yeah, so they, um, yeah, and, and Hot Mess Yassa. I, I mentioned them before. Hot Mess Yassa. We got Evie swimming the wrong way. They're in last place. It's, it's just, it's just, it's not, it's not ideal for them. But you have the, the blue tribe. Deshaun, they, they have to like untie knots. Deshaun, they're so far ahead that Deshaun is retying knots. You have to take, um, these pieces of wood and like push them through this conduit thing. And you kind of have to muscle him through. And Danny says he's trying to take his time with it. Nasir's like, one, two, three. Oh! <laughs> he's like, Nasir's like really pushing it through. These guys cannot throw. You can't throw a challenge with Nasir on the, on the tribe. It's impossible. Period. Okay. Baby boy was out there. Yep. And then they have to look for a key. They're like taking their time, lunchbox and waiting, looking. Erica finds the key. They can't, they can't, they cannot sabotage this thing. So. Mm. Um, they get to the to the final stage where you have to land a ring. You have to toss it and land it on this this three pronged thing a few feet away, maybe like ten feet away. And Deshaun is again not landing anything. He's you know trying to trying to throw it, and because he's <laughs> he just wants to go to tribal. Okay, and who he, tags him out? Listen, he he missed one of the balls. Nasir went and got the ball and tagged himself in. Tagged himself right in, and Nasir's just—he's—he, I think he like sunk his first one and another, whatever. Um, but the tribe, the Yasa tribe, actually actually wins. They're the yellow tribe. Kudos to them. Yes. And uh, then it's go ahead. Wait, wait, come, wait, come, come. Okay, yellow tribe Xander. Listen, come on, you know I'm the president of the Xander fan club. Yep. So listen, another solid. Another solid episode for Zaddy Zand. Okay. We didn't get to see much of him, but listen, he was landing them and doing what needed to be done. He understood the assignment. So listen, the president of the Xander fan club, I just have to, you know, give my stats on Zaddy Zand. 
Shout out to our boy Xander. Solid, solid individual. So now it's a it's a it's a showdown. Mm. JD and Nasir mm. tossing these rings. Nobody and, can make them. And mind you, it's like that it be the editing in these moments for me because it's like, you know, it's Jeff like JD could win it right here. And then you know the music changed up. And I'm like, yes, JD. And then he nope. misses it. <laughs> then it's Nasir. Then like I'm like, listen. Yes. Just yes. tell me who win. Right? They they have like like the beauty shots and everything, like like JD's hair's in the wind. He's like launching it. No. You have Nasir launching it. No. You have JD launching it and the music is like right there. You hear him say, Money. Mm. No. And then Nasir wins it. So when I was watching JD launch these, he was like, he was like jumping off of it. I was thinking about the game Pong. You, you played Pong before, right? Uh, you stand on either pong? end of the table. You have a couple cups. You got to throw a ping pong ball into the cup. If you make it in the cup, the other person has to drink it. You mean beer pong? Yes. Not, they don't just call it pong. <sighs> I'm like Pong, beer Pong. Yes, I played beer Pong before, Wendell. I've never played Pong before. Remind me to punch you in your forehead it's next okay. time I see you. No. It's, so anyway, no. yeah. So anyway, it you reminded play, me. You play Pong when you're yes. playing. When what? You're play, when may I finish? So as I was saying, as you're if we if you're playing Pong beer if if you're playing Pong beer if you're playing this game if if you're playing this game that I'm referring to that Bryce has never played before. It's not called Pong. Alright, fine. If you're playing beer pong. Thank you. If you're playing beer pong, you can't put your elbow over the table. Correct. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. But in JD's case, he was putting his whole arm across the table because he was like, he was like jumping off and it was almost like he was trying to do his finger rolls again. <laughs> And they weren't going in. But anyway, on his last one, he calls money. He misses it. Nasir sinks it. So JD's tribe is not so happy. And we get a a classic Shan confessional. Shan says, JD thinks he's Allen Iverson out there. He's yelling money when you should be yelling tribal because that's where we're going. (laughs) She's, yo, she's the greatest, man. She's the greatest. She is. But can we also just have a uh, appreciation for the my ninth grade lust that I had for AI? Okay. Ooh, the number three with them break the the cornrows to the back. Okay. Listen, I know it's some AI fans out there. Ooh, you done? I mean, listen, I I would have liked to play pong. He ain't even your type. With AI. First of all, I don't have a type, but let's just continue. But I just wanted a little a number three AI. Did you ever have the Iversons? No. Oh, you never had the Reback Iversons? Nah. Oh, okay. No. Did you? No, my brothers did. And I wore them one time and then I like cuffed them and I got their picture. And you <laughs> got in trouble. I got beat up by my brother. But go ahead. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, don't play. 
Okay, so Ua loses. We get, we get back to the Ua tribe. Jeannie tells JD she wants to roll the dice. Okay. Jeannie was done. Jeannie said, listen, I ain't got time for y'all. I'm just going to roll the dice. Yeah. She, she truly believes she's getting voted out. She asks for JD to vote for Ricard. Jeannie's scared. JD starts, I guess, lying to her. He says that, um, He's trying to make her feel like he's as scared and and that he's not working with Shan and Ricard. And um, so I guess it is interesting with the roll the dice, though, is I I guess when the tribes are larger, it doesn't really uh, I guess it wouldn't affect. But it really you really get to see when the tribes get to be a little shorter, how that roll the die really could come into effect. And how it really kind of like shook things up a little bit. Um, yeah, it really does because the numbers are are low. You're willing to offer up your vote to have a one in six chance at safety. That's that's scary. That's scary. So and with with this in mind, Shan comes up with a plan. Ooh, she knows that. Jeannie could um, use her die. She also knows that her boy, her her little brother, JD, has this extra vote. And Shan starts thinking, man, what if Jeannie and JD get together and they creatively use this extra vote? Then they can pick Ricard or Shan and take them out. Mm-hmm. And listen, baby, y'all know the Emmys and the Oscars is coming up. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to submit episode four of season 41 of Survivor to the Emmys because leading female performance in a drama or reality series has to go to Queen Shan. Okay. Queen Shan in the building. She tells JD that she thinks he's working to blindside her. And you could kind of see on his face like he's he's really... He's like, what, what, what do you mean? Cause he's really with her. Have you ever seen top model? And do you, do you know that clip of Tyra Banks when she is yelling at a model? I believe the, the model's name was Tiffany. No, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. JD, I swore on this very podcast last week. I was mm. screaming saying, do you not remember Eric Rakenbach? Okay, you would not only give your steal a vote Mm. one time, you gave it twice, baby boy. (laughs) Baby, once. Okay, shame on you. So, yeah. So, so Shan sits with JD, and she says, "You know what, JD? I think that you're working to blindside me. Why don't you leave that steal a vote on the island?" She starts with a more um, more somewhat reasonable request than just, hey, give me the steal vote again. So she says, leave it on the island. And he says, oh, you know, that would be foolish. You'd be a fool to leave it. You never know what might happen at Tribal. So she's like, all right, you know, just, just give it to me and, you know, I'll give it back to you when we come back. And I guess he thinks that's a better idea, so... For a second time, he hands his extra Mm. vote to Shan. And what I loved about that conversation, though, was she really put the juice on like she was worried that she was going home, although she probably kind of sort of was. But, you know, just for her to be able that type of power 
Okay. Mm-hmm. That listen, I I it's only episode four, so it's hard for me to call it, but I am definitely I'm giving Shan uh final six at this point. Because to be able to make a move like that, mm, mm-hmm. and to be able to off your little brother like that, ooh, Jesus. I'm see, I'm not giving I'm not giving her final six because we've gotten a lot of Shan content. True. And True. Shan is a two-headed monster with Ricard. True. True. And I True. I'd love to see these two navigate the game as far as they can. I I question how far like I question how far they will go. And Ricard, man, I know Ricard, if if they're go like he He's going to stat. He's going to get her. Oh, he's going to get her. Oh, okay. Oh, I can How, just, you know, she might, she might get him before he get her, but I don't even want them to get each other. I want them to stick it out and okay. go as, go as far as you can. But okay. for okay. me, continue with the tribal. I just knew that it was going to be Jeannie going home today. Okay. So we're at tribal. So yeah, they sit down and Jeannie is down. Like she, she knows she's going home, Bryce. She, Jeff asked her a question. She's, uh, she's just, she's, she's really feeling defeated, looking defeated. And, um, there was, there was a quote that, you know, they keep saying that the tribe is very close and Jeannie gets some emotional content and says she's going to miss, you know, being so close to these people. She's going to miss them. Although she mad at them. Right. The one thing she's going to miss is them. One right, Shan says, and when she said this, I thought about you, Bryce. Shan says they're so close, they are farting and burping on each other. <laughs> if Bryce Isaiah is not the fartiest person, that's I know. That's a lie. First of all, that's a lie. I so what happens fart. when you get nervous? <laughs> I, I you toot a little a bit. Little. <laughs> you toot a little bit. What happened in South Africa? Every time, every we're competing on Survivor South Africa, out in the bush, Battle of the Bush, and all you hear is two. <laughs> That's not true, bitch. I'm nervous. <laughs> I was nervous. We're on, we're on a delivery trip, and all you hear is two, and his window goes down. I was nervous in the back seat. <laughs> Back to tribal, okay? Because you're making me a little I'm nervous. I'm just saying. I'm saying. <laughs> 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 oh, mm-hmm. good thing, good thing, good thing I'm not near you right now because I know you tooting up a storm over there. Don't so back to back to tribal and Jeannie. Uh, you know, she says, "I know it's going to be three one." And they're just doing things. They were doing things all day to just to just appease me. JD says something to kind of like, I guess. So he kind of speaks to her, but also to to Shan. Make sure we all do what we said we were going to do. He looks over at Shan and gives the JD wink. This wink will live in history. I guarantee you it's going to live in survivor history. Um, I. I'm not a, I don't know. I can't really wink, Bryce. I think you need talent to wink. Can you wink? I, I can wank. No, no, I can wink. I can wink. <sighs> I thought wink would sound better with a little twang, but no. I didn't realize no. it would be like, we, no. Wank. no, 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 I can wink. You can wink I with mean, one eye. You can wink with one eye. Uh, yes. Try I wink right now. I am. You're probably contorting your whole face. I'm not. 
Yes, I you can, are. I can wink very seductively, okay? I be winking at people when I'm in the club, okay? Wink. So, I'm sure you do. So, he, he says, make sure we all do what we said we were going to do. Looks and winks at Shan. What do you think he was thinking when he was winking at Shan? Because he said, make sure we all do what we said we're going to do. I don't know, but he confused Jeff because Jeff was like, (laughs) that's a strong statement right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you're making that strong statement and you're looking and winking at Shan, maybe you think that Shan is thinking about doing something to you. Right. Uh, yeah, because I, I'm sure in that tribal, you not having the extra vote and you, I don't know. I just, I, I think he might, I, I, like, yeah, I was confused by that. Like, I don't know if that was just saying, like, I don't, I would like, yeah, why would you say that if you are already trusting them to, like, yeah, I don't know. I, it was, Baby Boy had a, between that and the side ponytail that JD was rocking. Okay, first of all, I live for a lock ponytail or when men wear their hair up. And like, listen, I live for all of that. So I was loving the side ponytail from JD. Uh, but yeah, that, that statement confused me because it's like, if I'm really with you, I, what is understood don't need to be explained or what is, you right. know, what is, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then also to be that overt and tribal, like, I don't like, I was, I was talking, I was talking to Joey. Um, I was texting him about it and Joey said, like, he said something like, man, J, JD made a foolish move or something like that. And I said to him, I was like, Joey, I'm glad I got on when I was 33. Oh, because <laughs> Bryce, I was on when I was 23 to keep it up. 23, Bryce, 33, 20, Bryce, you were on season four. Okay. In Listen. 2000. I still was young. You keep saying that. Listen, you're older than Sharia and Sharia was on uh South China. Like Bryce. So your math doesn't make sense. But anyway, continue with Joey Bryce, said. You were on the show before Probst. <laughs> so so yeah, what so Joey I was say? telling Joey, I was telling Joey, I'm just like, man, JD is young, wide eyed, youth, youthful, exuberant. He's he he's living out this dream. He loves Survivor and he just got out shot out of a cannonball and was swinging for the fences and with me going on more than 10 years older than jd when i when i played i i'd 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 gotten that energy out of me i'd seen enough to know that you know i don't need to swing for the fences just yet let me let me sit back and chill a little bit jd got out there with his idols who all swung for the fences and um you know like speaking about Wu and Malcolm and Ozzy and he just wanted to make these, these big survivor moments and be known, which he will be known and get out there and shoot the buckets and yell out money and, and do these things. He wanted these big survivor moments comes into tribal super swaggy hair. His locks were, you know, in the buff to the side earrings, hanging cracking jokes in tribal feeling himself. But winking at Shan and it's like man these these are the times when you get voted out like mm. like when you're feeling yourself like that these are the times you got to be careful but I'll also say seeing JD because because he had them, them them smiling and laughing a little bit in tribal when I think about the player that JD was 
I think that was almost like a fitting uh, exit for him because people were still smiling and they all said they loved you to him when, when they voted him out. So, but so we'll get to that, but I just, I just seeing him come in so swaggy. I'm just like, man, this, this could be, this could be your night, but I thought it was going to be, um, I thought it was going to be Jeannie. You and me both. Right. Because, because also weeks prior, um, Shan gave him that look that I was speaking about prior. Like, man, I, I got you. I got you. We're voting together. And, you know, fast forward a few weeks and now she is stabbing him in the back. Um, it was three votes for JD, one vote for Jeannie. And it was, it was, he got blindsided. Yeah. And when he got up, he said, any particular reason? Mm. Whew. And they just said, we love you, JD. Mm-mm-mm. Whew. It's a lot. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I feel like JD was a great character, like you said. And, uh, he, he played a big game. And, uh, sometimes when you play big, you lose big, but you will forever be remembered. Um, and like, yeah, Shan got you good. So it's like, I feel like the one thing that I can, like, that I know that I can respect about JD is that I know him watching back. He has to look at Shan and Ricard and be like, dang, they got me good. Like, you know, I, I know that his love of the game has to respect it. I haven't listened to any of his interviews yet. So I'm dying to, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I wanted to see him go farther but you're right i think that he needed the humble pie and unfortunately it came in the form of his torch being snubbed but yeah i love the introducing of this type of player this archetype of this young uh energetic black boy joy on survivor i'm one that is personally here for it I'm here for it too. It's it was great to see him play. Uh, I'd love to see him back. I think he will tweak his game a little bit. I think he learned a lot out there. I too want to see his exit. Um, his exit press. I want to hear it. Um, but I will. I will say another takeaway of mine is it's it's a, it's amazing how things can turn around. Because when we walked into this episode Jeannie was mad she was she, done <laughs> she was done she was out of it and that was kind of how I was feeling when in I think it was episode three or four um me and Dom were blindsided our ally Morgan got voted out when we got back to camp I was feeling like just the bottom of the barrel I was I was de- feeling defeated but you gotta know that things change and some things change overnight. Things change in a matter of hours on Survivor. Mm. So she came so mad at the beginning of the episode. By the end of the episode, I'm sure she felt super tight with Shannon Ricard because they got their boy, JD, out of there and held Jeannie. Mm. I mean, uh, it, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if uh if that is the feeling of genie because I also you can also look at it like child y'all just got like you I don't I don't know if that's I mean of course she's going to be grateful that they kept her but I don't know if that like solidifies her with them if that makes sense I'm, I'm I hear you on that I hear you on that I hear you on that I hear you on that. So that that's all I'm saying. But no doubt this episode, I was definitely screaming. I loved the I loved how I did not know what was going on again. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I just it was a great episode. I just I felt like I wanted more. And I love it when Survivor leaves me with wanting more. 
Uh, I agree. And to those people that, you know, complained about a lot of advantages and everything, this was one of those episodes where we didn't hear a lot of that. And it seemed like there was an overwhelmingly positive response. People loved seeing relationships work and things happen, interpersonal relationships, as opposed to, you know, letting the advantages and whatnot drive the drive the episode. So right. for those people, they they enjoyed it. I enjoy it a lot of survivor episodes, whether it's advantages or not, but uh, a lot, this, this is one of those episodes, those defining episodes. I think one of those like great episodes. No, for sure. And the previews for next week look like it's getting messy and I'm here for it. Messy. And I'm here for it. Messy. And I'm here for it. Getting messy. Messy. And I'm here for it. It's messy. Here for it. Well, all right, guys, you will catch us next week. Bryce and Wynn breaking down another episode. When DZ, thank you again for coming back and recapping with us. I mean, listen, maybe we'll see you in ooh, DC. Keep in the menu, rolling. Keep in the menu, rolling. Keep in the menu, rolling. Keep it rolling. And we are back this week with the Real Housewives of Potomac. We got my girl, my sister, okay? My Jatia Hart. Taylor in the building. What's going on? Hello. You can just call me Jatia 450K. Oh, okay. yes. Not, not the Squid Game. Yes. No, I mean, like, Mia's, like, dropping. Uh, uh, I'm aspiring. I want to be, me, like, Mia first 450. Of all, first of all, like, why are they hating on her? Like, I feel like it's... That's what listen, I'm saying. I'm listen. Trying to look, I'm trying to be Mia 450. Okay. Listen. Okay. Like, I'm I'm here for it. Um. So yes, we got to get through these two Real Housewives of Potomac uh, episodes. But okay. And so listen, y'all know when I talk about my girls, um, y'all know who my faves is. Uh, but I'm not like some of these people that come on my podcast and don't really ever have anything negative to say about their faves. But I do want to say this. Uh, um, who may you be alluding to? Uh, you and Jacob Jones. You you never have what what do you ever have to say bad about Giselle or the Green Eye Bandits? But anyway, we gonna keep going because we ain't we ain't got time for this. Mm, we mm, we gonna mm, side chat. Mm, 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 you you can mm, mm, all so, you want to. So over the last week, the Real Housewives of Potomac there they filmed the reunion. So I can't I, wait to see that. So I'll tell you, like the, the last two episodes we reviewed had me so pissed off, and these two made me want to continue watching because, like, I was ready to turn it off because I was it was just so negative. And so they did a good job of sort of redeeming themselves. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would. I would go as far to say this is probably one of the best Potomacs and mind you as quiet as it's kept Potomac is the highest rated uh, housewife uh, series uh, currently but anyway back to the scene I want to tell y'all so they filmed 
the reunion. And you know my the Instagram sites that I be following. So they didn't really give any tea. The only tea that we do know is that for a portion of time, Nicki Minaj did. We know she was tweeting about Real Housewives of Potomac. Her and Andy were going back and forth. So mm-hmm. she was there and did ask some of the girls questions. We do know that she asked all of the ladies very hard questions. Um, and Nicki did say on an Instagram live that she went in uh, with Candace. Um, so I'm excited. You know, I'm not a Nikki fan, but I do want to watch it. And the the ladies. I'm review- not sure if I'd like. I'm. Yeah, I'm not a Nikki fan. Y'all know who I want to rumble with. OK, uh, but they did release the fashion looks of the housewives. And I have to say, as always, the grand dom, she came for the looks. My second favorite, although I hate to admit it. Wait, prob- wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I sent hold you on. the link. I sent you the link wait, in your DM. On. No, no. My point is, uh, can can we get through these two episodes? Good I Lord. just want to spill the tea real quick that the Grand Dom looked amazing. My second favorite was definitely a Scala. Uh, then, reluctantly, it was Wendy. Uh, then it probably was Candace. Then oh, it probably... I thought, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Forehead. Ashley looked amazing. Ashley looked great. Then it was Robin. And then my least favorite was Giselle. Giselle's just like, oh, girl, you didn't bring it. She never brings it. I don't okay. understand why she don't let somebody else dress her because well, she's very I, pretty. I'm listen, and she has her stylist Cal who does her hair um, and does a great job at that. I'm just confused as like to why the fashions aren't, uh, you know, getting it together. However, since we it's are like, with, it's like she didn't read the basics of like what her best feature is and doesn't know how to uh, like well highlight they, it. They say that she's a pretty face and she's one of those girls that just only relies on her face. That's you know the criticism that they give her. Um, and I don't mind the way that Giselle dresses um, but I will say for the reunion girl I, girl you should have brought it okay it, very her, much so her taste level is low it was, it was very much giving like Macy's. It was very much giving like Correct. you know, just uh, like like you know, Sears. like Sears, prom. like Rainbow. Girl, I didn't say Sears, and I didn't say Rainbow. And first of all, ain't nothing wrong with Rainbow. Okay, listen, because mind you, some of my secret, some sometimes I'll be buying my leather jackets out the rainbows. Okay, I know, but it don't say Rainbow. You may get it from Rainbow, but it don't say Rain. Like very much so true. Very much so. Okay, true. ain't nothing wrong so, with Rainbow. But your stuff shouldn't scream rainbow. Right so okay. I, I think we left off with the salad being tossed. Okay. Um, and see, this is what happened. This you got me all into the fashions. Now I want to talk about the fashions, but we'll go back to the toss salad. Mm. Listen, I love a good toss salad every now and then. Um, Candace <laughs> and Mia. I can't. Okay, listen, girl, you like a toss salad too, honey. Look. I I, I will always sample what's on the table. Okay, listen, put the croutons in it too. (laughs) Anyway. This is why we're left. I mean, we're supposed to be talking about the episode and we're everywhere. We're everywhere except the episode. Um, I can I just say that I love the guys here. Like I love the guys. So I I love that Chris Bassett with his um, brown unit. Right. His brown unit is in there sweeping after the fight. His and wife. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We gonna get to her. Um, but I thought it was really nice and really sweet of him to mention um, Ashley and congratulate Ashley on her new addition to her family and just, you know, make peace. I, I thought that was great. So 
And I loved Chris's stance on it that like, listen, you can view on my wife. It don't have nothing to do with me. Um, like I'm not in the women's business. I am not Peter, a.k.a. Patricia. <laughs> you always in the women's business. You acting like a. OK, the great neat so, leaks. I don't like how she delivered. I mean, how she delivered was funny. Let's be honest. But it's very true that the men have to stay above the 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 fray. I think it's important because then like you start. I mean, like y'all ain't on the show. Y'all ain't on the show. And the show is already ridiculous anyway. Let's be honest. I mean, that's I why we watch think it. it is great that the men uh, stay above the drama. They rise above all the drama. They fly above all the above haters. All the dr- OK, uh, but sometimes I do think it is hard when the women are talking about you. Uh, I don't know if I could be their husband. I might have to check uh, a woman, a lady every now and then. Uh, but I thought it was really great that Chris uh, did extend that olive branch. Uh, G was still acting a mess. But we get Robin and Giselle show up. Now, I do think that the irony of the story is they had the the worst room uh, with no bathroom. Giselle had a broken foot. Uh, mm-hmm. Robin mentioned that she was on her period and just was not here for it. I do think it is funny that um, Giselle is like complaining about a bathroom when girl episode and a half ago, you was just saying you wasn't going to invite the ladies in your home to use their bathroom. But I do think there is a difference when you are on a trip. Uh, and especially if husbands are involved, I do think that uh, the women should have their own private bathrooms. And, you know, Wendy as the host uh, really could care less uh, because when they brought it to her attention, she was just like, ah, and didn't really say anything. Um, and so I, I definitely felt like if you are a host and, you know, your female guest that aren't here with their husband and there are other men around, you should probably try to accommodate them. And especially if one has a broken toe. I totally agree. I think Wendy was very wrong for that. Um, I don't understand. I don't know the. I mean, the house was the house was OK. I don't know. I feel, a, a, you know, I kind of agree with the luxury level of the house. Oh, OK, Mia. I mean, like, yeah, I didn't want to, but I was like, nah, man. I mean, like, but whatever, but whatever. We can make it happen. We can make it happen. Different people, you know, like different levels. And, but the, yeah, the bathroom thing was a hot mess. And the fact that, you know, you, they, these people are supposed to be your guests and you're not being a gracious host. Yes. And I agree though, but yeah, Giselle wanted to make people pee in the bushes. So, but I, I get that, but also, the, I get it, but there also is just a difference when people are staying over like there. And especially when there are like the opposite sex there, uh, it definitely adds a different layer to it. However, they all got ready uh, to go to dinner. And what I love the most, I'd about, have been at the hotel with them. Uh, listen, listen, we didn't even get there yet. Uh, okay. But, uh, you know, we love to see Karen and Giselle feud, but we also love to see them kiki. We saw the episode that, uh, you know, when they were tossing the salad and recapping like Wendy, Ashley and Escala, uh, you know, they were saying tossing the salad and uh, Karen ain't really <laughs> know what it was. So they had to break it down to Karen. And First of all, bus. I uh, the bus had the best uh, interactions and shenanigans. I thought it was great that they had them in this little tiny bus. So like every seat was taken. I think somebody was on somebody's lap. Um, again, luxury level. Um, but, you know, I thought that them all being crunched up together really made the interactions come out. You know, we almost saw uh, two penises on the oh. bus ride. Them, right. 
two brown Let's penises have. almost popped out. Let's so. <laughs> pop them out, pop them out. Uh, gee, uh, so I, I really enjoyed the bus ride, but I just love Karen that she she drunk they drunk dialing, but she don't even know what teabagging is. So okay, now but and see my thing is uh, okay. This is another podcast for another day, but uh, yeah. So the Kiki with about the teabagging, tea yes. Or, okay, okay, great. Because I right. just be feeling like, I mean, what's the point? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> That's a, that's definitely another part. That's a whole nother other thing. Okay. You should be occupied with a whole nother thing. But anyway, um, yeah, so the Kiki with Karen and Giselle about the teabagging, hilarious. So they get to dinner at this restaurant, and um it's funny because clearly they are a large group. And um there are some single guys behind them or allegedly single and they send shots over to the whole table. Everyone's like, oh my God, thank you. And while they're taking the shots behind uh, Chris <laughs> and Karen and Mia, we see these like another table of ladies and they're like, they look upset. And so the cameras kind of pan over and they're like, what about your wives? What about your wives? Okay, that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> and I know they are in the doghouse. Okay, like that was bizarre. First of all, why y'all wasn't sitting together? Number one, but I do think it was because probably uh, they had such a large table, the Real Housewives, that uh, they could probably couldn't fit another big table back there. Um, and it was interesting because the night seemed to be going well, um, and then here go Ashley. Uh, Ashley, you know, kind of sort of brought up something mm. to to the uh, to the effect to Chris, basically. Um, I don't even know how the conversation started. Do you know? No, they were just being messy. And basically, I think they were talking about um, the husbands and the, how the husbands were interacting. I think they might have done a toast to the husbands. And um, I think maybe Chris was saying to Ashley, you know, like, oh, I'm glad we're together. Da, 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 da. And then somehow it got brought up about the men staying out of the fray. That's well, what it was. And right. I was talking about the men staying out of the fray. And then Ashley said something to the effect of like, oh, yeah, you know, even though we don't get along, it was kind of like the the whole rehash of what they said to each other in the kitchen. And then, of course, here come Candace because your husband a bitch or something like that. And then popped off and it started off. Well, I do think Ashley was the aggressor because she was she said something to the effect of Chris, like, um. Michael doesn't have a problem with you. And then Chris was like, well, it seemed like Michael talk about me every chance that he get. And then Ashley was like, well, it's because your wife, your wife does it like, you know, duh, 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 duh. and then something to the effect of like, you know, then Candace again, going racial, like, you know, slave driver. And Candace is like, I never no, said that. she was talking about that, um, that Candace basically talks about her husband. Right. Like they were like, okay, girls talk about girls, guys talk about guys, but then your husband, like you go at my husband and that's not fair. And that's how it all popped up. Right. Um, so then Ashley and Candace are getting into it. And child, Mia just ain't have enough of Candace. Because Mia then turned to Candace and was like, you can't say Ashley's acting out of pocket because, sis, you're acting out of pocket. And then we got to this uncomfortable uh, scene where Candace and Ashley are going back and forth and her husband Chris tries to kind of really like alleviate the situation and is really like Candace let's get up let's go for a walk let's get up he stands up he tries to pick her up from the table she's like I don't want to lay my title I don't want to lay my title I don't want to lay my title and like really puts Chris in this awkward situation where first of all girl this your husband your manager 
you know, <laughs> your husband, your, your husband, your like girl, you're not even listening to him and you're having him look crazy as hell. Um, so Chris kind of walks up from the table because he's pissed and mind you, he didn't made a scene. He was trying to get his wife to leave. It would be crazy for him to kind of sit back down. So he sits back down. Uh, he leaves out. Then eventually Candace follows him. They make up. They come back to the table. They eat in a food. Robin is looking up hotels like, listen, uh, there's one that's two miles away, but it's a two star. Then there's the Marriott. OK, that's 30 minutes away. And they're like, OK, we'll figure this out uh, when we get there. So then they all get back on the bus and uh child G is just like, here's the thing. I love G's energy. I think that G is fun, but he is very inappropriate. And like, whether you're drunk or not, whether you don't get out the house or not. And G just like with his sexual innuendos, like there's women on the bus. Like I like G, but it just is like a bit too much. I think it definitely is a bit too much. Um, I, I am happy to see that everybody is kind of taking it in stride and not making too big of a deal of it. Because if you had somebody who, you know, wanted to make a big deal of him licking out his tongue and doing all the other kind of stuff, they totally would be, you know, within their rights to do so. So I'm glad they're just kind of glossing over it and, you know, really sticking with the GVO philosophy. Yeah, I mean, listen, cause child, he, yeah, he, cause listen, them, them vibes ain't good, but listen, you know. I, I, I don't know what he on Cialis or whatever it is that, listen, I, listen, keep well, it you at heard home. his tirade, okay, how, like, he's strong like bull and listen, how he, he ready he to go, show it. Oh. Oh my oh, god. I was like, oh no. I was I, like, listen. how you gonna alternate between all this uh, grunting and falling asleep? Oh, okay, pop pop. Listen, the see when the Cialis is the Cialis pour off. Okay, um, they get back to the house and Giselle and Robin is over it. And here's the thing, though, they're making this big Escala and uh, Wendy are not Wendy. I'm sorry, Wendy don't care. Wendy, Wendy in her room. Wendy uh, is as, eating her shrimp and enjoying her vacation. Okay, they're like, no, don't leave, don't leave. And here's the thing, I feel like. They are, first of all, if you are a guest, a host, and your people want to leave, and so, okay, sit like it's, there's no big deal. Um, so they, they found a hotel and went to the hotel. And I, this is the thing that I like, did not like about Karen, because like Karen at any given time is always going to want to take a dig at Giselle. One, it was mostly Robin that wanted to go. And Karen's all like, it's typical, uh, uh, what you call it? Um, uh, what do you call somebody that wants to, uh, drama queen Giselle, you know, just, leaving in the middle of the night so typical Giselle like you know always want to make a scene and then uh, Wendy is in her window like they just wanted to make a scene they just wanted to actually they really didn't they left got in the car and left if they wanted to make a scene they would be like there's no they would have turned to Tanisha from the bad girls club I ain't getting no sleep you ain't getting no pee I can't go go pee you ain't go go pee okay like that would have been a drama queen so mad I know exactly what you're talking about okay come on Tanisha the bad girls club legend yes Um, so so, yes I'm I don't think they were being dramatic I don't know I was I was definitely not not team Wendy on this one. I told you she is like she's just she a is, hater. Mm, my goodness, she is. And I actually agree with Giselle that she is super aggressive. Mm. Super aggressive. Ding 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 ding. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. So 
the next day they're going on a boat. Everyone gets up. First of all, Mia is all like, you know, there's just no help here. Like, no one came to turn turn our room. Uh, we can't, girl, you're all, it's like y'all what? at an Airbnb with friends. Mia, stop. I'm team me on that one. I need my turn down, sir. Girl, at an Airbnb <laughs> with your family. Look, look. I'm sure they pay good money for that. You know, no, no, it's an Airbnb. Nobody's coming to turn down. Turn down for what? Well, why are they staying no. at an Airbnb? Why they need to get a place to, like because, the one they was in um in Williamsburg? What bring Williamsburg back? They didn't. Well, maybe I, okay, maybe they did have a butler in Williamsburg. Um, now here's another thing. I was cracking up. Uh, G was like, it ain't no breakfast being made. So G started making breakfast. Somebody came uh, down and was like, oh, you making breakfast for everybody? He said, no, no. for me. And Mia. <laughs> I like G on that one. Like, uh, look, it ain't no service, and I am definitely not the butler. Now, I mean, he, he could have been nice and just made it, but mm, he, he, didn't he have definitely to. did it because Michael came down, and because uh, you know Michael is the chef, or no, Chris is the chef, not Michael. Michael ain't come down. Um, <laughs> Chris is the chef, and they were like, uh, "Is there any? Can I ask you guys to do anything?" And Wendy was like, "Yeah, make the eggs." But here's the thing: on a trip like that, for me, my role is listen, because listen, ba- you first of all, you know, baby boy can throw down. I think I've cooked for you before, Jatia. Um, and I love to make a big breakfast. I think that that just comes from me being like the youngest brother and um I didn't always get along with my brothers uh, growing up. And I think the one thing that like I could always get them to agree on or to like like me is if I like while my mom was at work, if I cooked like a big breakfast. So I feel like on trips like this, I love to get up and make breakfast um, whenever <laughs> like we do like a family trip and my sister plans it. Uh, the, what I love about like our, like. I don't know. My sister just like she like packs food to bring on these trips. Like it'd be like so weird. Like why the refrigerator? Like the refrigerator at home. Like my sister don't play. Yeah. So I always like just love that feeling of like everyone there and like helping yourself. And then, uh, but for me, it's just always like making a big breakfast. I um would have been like, hey, you guys, what do you want me? Uh, do you want to get in on this Uber Eats order? Okay. <laughs> now you ain't never lie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember, Bryce? I've ordered Uber Eats for you before, right? Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Girl. Um, so, um, yeah, breakfast. There was nothing was tossed during breakfast. So it was a success. Um, and then Karen and Ashley decided to call Giselle to see where they were at. And, uh, you know, they're like, just Karen was like, you're just so rude. You didn't even say goodbye to anybody. And Giselle was like, we said goodbye. Um, and then she was like, well, did you say goodbye to the host? And Giselle was like, the host hasn't said to me. And of course, Wendy, I, you lying. I said something. Like, girl, that, first yeah, of all. Yeah, super like just, um, oh, gosh. Like, why that, does everything have to be yelling with you, girl? Just calm down. And I don't think in that moment Giselle meant like, oh, Wendy didn't speak to me on the trip. Like when she heard that we were leaving, she didn't say anything like that. That's what I felt like um, they she meant. So they're getting ready to go on this boat, which is cute. That is something that I do want to do. I would love like a little boat trip with my friends and like, you know, a little turn up. I love a yacht. Um and so the boat was really like uneventful per se. Uh, you know, they had food downstairs. Oh, okay. Listen, we can't forget Ray Ray came. Oh, oh you know what? He was such a breath of fresh air and they needed it. 
He definitely was. Uh, Ray is like the Greg Leaks in some ways to this season. He doesn't really hold a candle to a Greg Leaks, but he definitely like gives that Greg Leaks energy. Yes, absolutely. So I, I I was glad to see him. He even, you know, joked around with Giselle and made Giselle laugh. Um, so that was fantastic. A little bit of levity. Um, it was actually a, a good joke. You know, my husband tell these dad jokes and Ray came with it. It was funny. It was like a little, little, little bit of shade, a little bit of funny. So it was perfect. And, and well, then. Well, first of all, uh, I think Graham jokes are funny. I feel like you be killing Graham's vibe on the jokes, though. Because anytime Graham be about to tell me a joke, you're like, oh, Bryce doesn't want to hear that joke. They're not funny, Graham. Because they're not. So, but I did. (laughs) I love my husband, but he is in full dad joke mode like he he got him down like really well my thing is like you don't even give me a chance to laugh and after you do your tyrant like i'd be like uncomfortable to laugh like i feel like i have to laugh <laughs> but then it's like you be giving me the death stare like it wasn't funny you know i'll give him some of his jokes are funny but it's not funny when i've heard them 16 times but well i love, haven't okay all right next time he tell you a joke i will look away and give you your you. opportunity thank okay? you so much no problem. So, wait, 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 wait. So, before we go on to the boat thing, I just want to kind of circle back to the whole um, Mia and because they start talking about, like, Wendy's reaction, right? And it's um, Ashley and um, I forgot the girl name. Not Giselle. Candice? No, Green Eyed Bandit. A, Skyl- a Giselle. Robin. No, Robin. So it's Ashley and Robin, and she's basically talking about, you know, um, Wendy's response. And here come Creepy Mia. She ta- she's talking to a scholar. Oh, child, what a whoever the hell she was talking to. <laughs> anyway. Scala. I forget she's there sometimes. So Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and so here we go. She is at the buffet with one ear, you know, at the table. And then here comes Mia just reporting it back totally so, wrong. What I thought was so funny was that like Robin and Escala were having this conversation. I felt like Escala was asking like rather profound things like, you know, what it is about like why you and Wendy don't get along. Um, and then Escala's like, you know, sometimes it makes me feel like I'm the middle because you're the one that brought me to the group. Robin is like, listen, girl, I'm not that type of girl. You could be friends with whoever you want to be friends with. You know, Robin is just like when I met her last year, like I felt like we were cool. Everything is like, you know, um, everything seems to be combative now. So I think maybe I was wrong in assessing the friendship. Now, during that conversation, you see Mia and G come Slinking. down. Slinking. Right. Mia go like right to the bathroom. And then the next scene, Mia, it comes upstairs and it's like, so I heard you're not the same person that you are last year. Oh my gosh. Just so wrong. And this is the second time that she has been like totally off. Right. Like, what, did, what did she say? Um, you were broke at- yeah, we, you a you weak, weak bitch. bitch. I was like, first of all, she didn't say weak and she didn't say bitch. I'm like, you just made it so much worse. So um, that was just kind of comical because it didn't even last. Like, it didn't seem like it lasted very long. Like, girl, bye. Right. Like, and so Mia was very pressed on like uh, Wendy and Robin and Giselle to kind of come to some sort of like whatever. And Robin's like I don't want to go back and forth with somebody so there's nothing for me to say and then Wendy's like when you're an adult and you see who people are you place them there 
and then like her and Giselle go back and forth which is just like okay and then so Wendy like you trying to be peacemaker why don't we piece up you and Candace now as mm-hmm. messy as Mia is I have to give her credit in how uh, like ready and willing she always is to talk about something no matter how uncomfortable it is or how repetitive it is so Mia kind of sort of addresses the low budget comment and basically says like you know I if that hurt your feelings I did not mean to uh, intend it that way and for me what I was so shocked was Candace um, Candace yes, apologized so she does, and she doesn't share much like like Really, she did, usually doesn't. I mean, like she usually doesn't even get to the part where she can share because she already popping. She always popping off. Right. Or she's giving a half ass apology and like coming at you during the apology. But the one thing that I felt was real about Candace was basically like she said that the comment that the low budgetness hurt my feelings and it hurt my feelings because I'm doing this all on my own. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And like, you know, everything I'm funding, everything, AKA Dorothy, but I'm funding. Uh, shout out the Dorothy. <laughs> dot, good old dot. And so that may, I, that like, you know, was very humbling. And I felt like, okay, I can get that. And, you know, she's like to the comments, to your mom, like, honestly, like when you said low budget, I just said the first thing that came to my, to my mouth. Um, I, no, if had I known the issue with your mother or anything like that, I would have never taken it there. Um, and you know, Mia says like, you know, she was like, you know, and I appreciate that, but you know, if we ever fight or are combative, like come at me, just like, you know, tear me down, but don't tear my family down. Um, so I thought that that was rather good. Um, and then that was really it of the episode. Like it wasn't really much of the juice popping off except when they were riding back as she was like falling asleep with her mouth open and she was like everybody look at ashley and uh. i think <laughs> ashley responded like okay let me go to sleep like you know i'm over here you stay over there g like i'll be over here and i'll be in your business like again like g read the room like you're doing too much okay yeah, uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. It, <laughs> it, it, it was over. It was overkill. Like I, I want to be on the G wagon, but I can't yeah, on this no, one. No, yeah, it no. was just like he's mm. just too. Like I don't know if he's. I don't know if he took a Cialis at the end of the boat ride was and he was like, again? I, he, like, I don't know. Okay, I don't. It, yeah. But it was just a lot. But the next episode looks rather interesting, and for me, it's like the. We got to be winding down pretty soon. I, I feel like we've got two more episodes left until the reunion because we see that everyone's getting these invitations and everyone doesn't know what's in the invitations. And I'm pretty sure it's probably to Karen's renewal vows. Um, and we know that the renewal of her vows wedding will more than likely be the last episode of the season. Well, you know, they do like to end on a party and the Grand Dame always throws the best parties. I mean, so I'm ready for it. I can't wait to see what she has up her sleeve. I like her. Um, I wish she would drunk down me or at least set up a hotline where we could just have drunk down messages that, you know, she's previously recorded. Yes. Um, 
So I am very interested to see what the next episode holds. I'm I'm glad this was such a positive arc here in these last two because I was really I was ready to go ahead and Real Housewives of Atlanta this one. Oh no! I, yeah, I don't watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. I, I mean, mm, mm. it's just that that show has gone real funky for me. It real mm. went real funky for me. So. Well, they, they are currently filming. The streets have seen Marlo and one of the new girls from last season filming over the weekend. Um, so I don't know whether or not if Marlo's filming as a friend of the show or as a, a actual housewife. We don't know. But either way, it's still not enough to get me back. Like Kim Zolciak's daughter said, uh, if it's not a if if it's not a, a Kim a Nini or a Phaedra what's the point and listen I'm with Brielle I'm never with Brielle <clears throat> but I think I agree with the sentiment that she's giving I don't know I don't even know who on there but you know I hope they find their way back that's oh. all I can say well, you know, Cynthia out, Portia out. We know Candy's returning. I know Kenya is returning. And that's really all of, like, the housewives that I know. I don't even know the new housewives. Drew and the other girl. And I, we, I, clearly Marlo is filming, but I, we don't know in what capacity. So, but again, listen, you can miss me with the Atlanta housewives. The only real housewives that I try to keep up with is Potomac, Beverly Hills, New York, um, and at times, the not the OC because OC didn't lost me, but uh, Salt Lake City. I think they haven't had good new housewives since they put Kenya and Portia on. Oh, oh. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, y'all know how I feel. If it ain't any leaks, it ain't for me. All right. Well. I guess this concludes our Real Housewives of Potomac talk. Jatia, yes. You got any tea or anything you want to spill the posse before we? Mm-mm-mm. Absolutely. So just want to say, um, if you are all about reality TV, you should check out the recent Washington Post article that oh. came out. You can see it. It's linked on my Insta and my Twitter, Jatia PhD, um, and talks about what Reality TV owes black women. And as my good friend Lauren Ashley Beck said, um, do you have time? Because I have a list. So, yes, really. And I'm super excited. I hear you guys are having a party in D.C. Awesome. I think you guys should definitely go. I would if I could, but I live in another city. But who knows? You guys should definitely go. Tell me how it goes. Make me jealous. Oh, if you can. But, you know, I am Jatia 450K. Oh, so should they make you jealous with posts or should they make you jealous in person? They should make me jealous by attending and being fabulous. And who knows who they might see there? Oh, like Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe just maybe I might make an appearance. You'll have you to heard see. it first. Well, we'll talk to you. Maybe we'll see you sooner, but we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. We're out. Bye, Purple Pants. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky, freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me.
my feel my feel And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. And I find it so ironic because in the last week's episode 114, Beware with Aman and me on the casual tea, we talked about B2K, the millennial tour, and, you know, Amorion and Little Fizz. Little Fizz came on to apologize. And I was telling y'all how I went to the show uh, before COVID. And um, I was really surprised at how well Bow Wow did. Well, baby. Bow Wow is making headlines this week. So it all started maybe last Friday. Um, It looked like they had the Millennial Tour had an Atlanta stop last Saturday. And so Friday, the Atlanta Arena had tweeted out, you know, this date 21 years ago, Bow Wow uh, was, you know, came to Atlanta. And look, on the same date, 21 years, Bow Wow is back bringing Amorion. So Amorion tweeted, Actually, I'm bringing Bow Wow, but y'all right. Let's go. See y'all tomorrow. And, you know, okay, little passive aggressive. So then all of a sudden, Bow Wow takes to his Instagram and it's like, might not even do the show tomorrow. I can't deal with the BS. Y'all have no idea. I've been humble this whole time, just showing up and doing what I do. And it's still a problem. Okay, then he tweeted. Okay, this might be my last show. I've had enough. Too much bitching and complaining on this tour. I'm busting cats ass every night. Every night they try and complain and take something away from me. I give a thousand percent and y'all know it. ATL, I hope y'all together because I'm going to bust y'all up for 45 minutes straight. Try me. And so the instanets is on fire. And so everyone is thinking that, oh, my God, it must be like, you know, Amorion and Bow Wow are beefing. Um, And technically, Amorion is headlining. You know, when I went to the show, Bow Wow came came out before Amorion and Amorion's set was longer. Now, this is what I will say. Okay, I enjoy Bow Wow set a lot longer. So for whatever reason it may be, these all happen like Friday night. So I didn't have to work Sunday or Saturday. And for whatever reason, I'm up at like four in the morning. Why? I don't know. And I'm scrolling through the Instagram and I see Bow Wow is on live. And so Bow Wow is on Instagram live going off again. And, you know, in the Instagram live, he's essentially saying, like, I love Ashanti. I love Lloyd. I love Amorian. I love Pretty Ricky. They, those are all my boys. But he's seeming to be complaining. And I don't know. Um if it is more the promoters or whoever is owning the millennial tour, you know, he is really like complaining about like for his after parties. Uh, they're telling him he can't wear certain colors. He can't have certain fonts in his flyer. And he's like really annoyed. And he shows up and he says that he gets the biggest crowd response every night. And I can attest to that two years ago. He definitely got the biggest response. Then he starts going into more things about how he his set is only 15 minutes now i can't remember back that far from when you know he was at the leo core center in philadelphia because you know baby boy was wetting his whistle but i can't say a morion set was a lot longer and mind you because it's, it's a morion's the headliner and so then it makes me think back to the tweet that i just read you guys where uh 
Bow Wow says, Atlanta, I hope y'all ready for 45 minutes. Try me. So I don't know what the drama is. And you know whether or not it's 15 minutes or 45 minutes. But my whole thing is, is your check still the same? Okay, bow wow, just show up and do what you need to do. Um, but needless to say, the reactions from the fans from the Atlanta show was amazing. They said that it was like, you know, bow wow, put it down. Okay, he did his 45 minute set. So I don't know uh, whether or not this is all propaganda and maybe just made up drama to drum up more tickets. For the millennial tour, I don't know. I, I thought the tickets were doing really well um, without it. But listen, I'm here for it because, listen, you know, the millennial tour is my type of tour. That's my era and my music. So, listen, I had to make Bow Wow and Amorion the freak of the week. If you guys have not gone to the millennial tour and it's coming to your city, listen, do yourself a favor. OK, who else surprised me on the millennial the millennial tour was the yin yang twins. I'm, oh, yin yang, yin yang. But listen, if Bow Wow and Amorian, and listen, the whole millennial tour is the freak of the week, that means we have come to an end of another amazing episode. I can't thank you enough for your support and listen, your patience with these zaddy calendars and had your baby boy stressed out. But if you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We're available wherever you get your podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, whatever you listen to, listen, just type in Purple Pants Podcast and we're there. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Give your baby boy some five stars. Write a review and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a because it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You let listen in public might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.